Michael, have you got a minute? Hello. Yeah, Michael, look, that corner, he was never anywhere near alongside. Every driver that's driven at this circuit knows you do not stick a wheel up the inside of Cops. And it was 100% Max's corner. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, full blame lays on Hamilton, who should never have been in that position. So uh, I hope you're going to deal with it appropriately. Understood, Christian. That's why it's just gone up now that things have calmed down for a second as under investigation by the stewards. Michael, this is Toto. Go ahead, Toto. Uh, Michael, I just sent you an email um, with the diagrams where the car should be. Did you receive that? Uh, Toto, I don't uh, access my emails during a race deliberately because I concentrate on the race. Oh uh, yeah, then maybe you should maybe look at this because there is something with the rules I'm coming up. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rear of the Grid. As always, I'm your host, Matt. And as always, I am joined by my good friend, Jashan. How are you doing today, sir? I'm going very well. I've recorded two podcasts today. I'm feeling a little bit parched, but uh, happy to be here. And back by popular demand. And that demand was the demand of Jashan and I, who fucking, you know... Don't have the charisma to carry the podcast without oh, him. God damn it, man! But uh, I, I mean, you know it's true. It's Spencer Hudson. How are you doing, good sir? It's been a while. I'm good, mate. I've mate. I've reviewed the footage, and I'm really cross. Okay, I'm really, really cross. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, Fuck I, Michael Massey. Well, he doesn't make the punishments. Yeah, but he's just a name I recognise. And I'll have you know that I do check my emails during the week. So if you want to send me anything, please do. I'm going to say, that should have actually been my intro for Spencer. Man who sent an email this week, Spencer But uh, on this week's show, we we talk about that incident at the start of that race between those men. And, um, I mean, I suppose we do some other things as well. But really, we just talk about that incident. And Sebastian Vettel saying um, the Oh, yes. And the fact that Sebastian Vettel is our wholesome dad. Um, all that and more on this, another episode of Rear the Grid. Here we are back for another week. The entire band back together finally. Mm. And here in review of the British Grand Prix. Or as I'm concerned, in review of the new Formula One car and nothing else. Because why would you want to talk about the rest of the Formula One weekend? You just were talking about Leclerc and how you're excited to talk about Charlie. Come on. That's not enough to make up for the rest of it. British Grand Prix, it's uh, controversial. To uh, say the least, this could end up being a heated podcast, knowing us. <laughs> but to uh, set the mood... And I think you've already channel set our, the mood, mate. Channel our inner hatred. We'll start as <laughs> we always do, Jashan. Uh, Hamilton facts. Yeah, well, you know what? Hamilton was breaking records again in uh, Silverstone. Mm. He now has more Pirelli speaking awards than Michael Schumacher, Ayrton Senna, oh. and Juan Manuel Fangio combined. I remember how happy I was with that when I told you to put that in the podcast <laughs> after Friday, and now it's it's <laughs> almost a week later, 
and it just makes me want to punch a lot of things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's got nine consecutive podium finishes at Silverstone, a mm. record for a single track run, and his eighth win there overall ties the record for most wins at a single track, tying his own record at Hungary and Michael Schumacher's record at France. Do you have any um, statistics on his performance in re- regard to taking out opponents and lacking class? Uh, no, I do not, although I believe the latter is 100% of the time because he is a dog, much like his actual dog, who is also a dog. He is now just one win away from 100, the big one double O, which is a pretty crazy milestone. So, big, big weekend for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, that's safe to say. Yeah. Um, I suppose, I suppose if we take this in a logical thing, we should set aside certain obvious overbearing events and perhaps start at the start. Spencer, first round or first attempt at this whole sprint qualifying format. Friday still felt more or less usual. Obviously a bit weird qualifying being on the Friday, but that all felt fairly par for the course. George, George put himself in the 10. It was very exciting. Then our Saturday rolled around, and our Spencer, what did you make of this new fandangled sprint race concept? I thought the first four or five laps was fun, yeah, because it was like the start of a race. But yep. then after that, it just kind of turned into the rest of a race. a race. I don't know, like the. I mean, I can see why they're trying to do it, but unless they're going to make it where they have completely different tire compounds or they can turn their engine modes up or something like that like it's just a yeah just a short short race like i think what i mean they tried to play that stat what was it that only um i think valtteri and charles stayed in their original spot from the sprint qualifying to the grid but most of that is because sergio perez binned his car and then everybody below him went up a spot yeah. so I mean, that's. I mean, if you ask Red Bull, it was a fucking shit show. And that's kind of my point, but like, because that's obviously like Alonso had a cracker of a start and moved all the way up from I think thirteenth or something to seventh or no, was it eleventh to fifth or something? Yeah, eleventh to fifth, which was very impressive. But like, the bit for me, it's just like what's like, all of that would have just happened in the actual race, and they would have made these spots like. I'm just, I, I don't understand. Like, nothing, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like we got all these battles. Because that's the thing, once it all settled down after those chaotic first cut laps, which you always get in a race anyway. But, like, I don't think any of these races in the last five years would have been like, well, that was shit. No one's going, wow, fucking, even the first two laps, fucking absolutely. So the old joke about Formula One is, is you turn it on, you watch the first three laps, and then you turn it off, and you come back in an hour and a half later, and you watch the last lap to see Lewis Hamilton win. Like, and that's all this sprint race was. The first few laps were fucking really, really cool. The replays of them were cool. And then it was just 20 cars following each other around for 14 laps with, like, two overtakes after that, and Perez spun. Fucking wow. So exciting. And it's, like, and, yeah, to me it's just dumb. Because, like, you know, Perez... I personally, man, maybe the casual finds are different. But I don't consider it more exciting to have Perez, who had legitimately proved he was the fifth fastest car or whatever after qualifying, now starting from last because he spun. Leave him to make that spin in the race. Or 
not make it at all and have him actually racing in fifth, which, fuck me, Red Bull could have really used this weekend. It's just... Uh, so, yeah. It wasn't crap, but I just don't... Like, it didn't do anything. We could both... So it's completely both pointless. voiced your concerns leading into this when the sprint races were mm. announced that, yeah, okay, this is cool, but the fact that it sets the grid for the main race means that, yeah, if a guy who's qualified genuinely well on pace, then has an accident like Sergio did. Now, this wasn't, you know, it's not like someone ran into Sergio and took him out. He did just spin. But, you know, it ruins his whole weekend, which we saw, which isn't great. What I did like was kind of a few wrinkles in qualifying that might have, might have come from the, you know, less practice, which is something we've talked about oh, before. Oh, and that was me. I'm, I'm much, much, much more supportive of dropping to a two-day weekend yeah. and having one practice session yeah. qualifying. And the race. 100% agree. Because you saw, I think that's why Hamilton mm. took pole. Because Red Bull went for a high downforce setup, whereas Mercedes went for low drag, which gave them a boost on the straights. And Verstappen basically came out and said that, you know, with more practice, they would have figured it out. Yeah. So a few wrinkles like that I enjoy. But yeah, the sprint race itself was pretty dull. Like, if it wasn't for Sergio mm. spinning and Alonso going full Nando, then nothing would have happened. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's the thing. I mean... George lost a few spots. I think George got his... Oh, yeah, and George's crash with signs. Um, oh, well, well, yeah, sorry. Well, actually, I wasn't even here. So George <laughs> lost a few spots at the start, as he seems prone to do. And then, yes. Uh, actually, no, because he only dropped the one spot. And then, yeah, to start a precedent for the weekend. So George Russell, and George's fault, sure. But I guess a little bit too much understeer into um, the corner at the end of Hangar Strait understeered into Carlos Sainz, a little bit of contact. Don't think it really damaged George's car. Didn't put a tire down or anything for Sainz. It meant Sainz dropped back a few spots and that. And George ended up copping a three-place brake penalty for that, which I thought was stiff because it was a racing incident in my book. But fine, fair enough. But as we'll get to in a second, in light of other penalties that were handed out <laughs> the weekend... I'll be keen to see how you see what start getting early inside into some of Spencer's thoughts. But does three pla- in light of the rest of the weekend as a whole, Spencer, just three places for minimal contact with side that caused him to lose a few spots seem a little bit harsh for George. Was it on was it on the opening lap as well? It was on the opening lap as well. That's my point. It's opening lap contact. Shit happens. It's a Formula One race. Yeah, they the they talk about how the stewards are different from race to race. <clears throat> that makes no fucking sense to me because then there's absolutely no consistency. Um, yeah, Russell shouldn't have been given a penalty at all because, again, like the like the whole idea of the sprint race is that you want guys to be trying to push for spots and try to like be a little bit aggressive. But if they're going to cop a three-place three grid penalty for, yeah, minimal contact, then they're just going to keep their elbows tucked in and just go about their business as they would. Um, yeah. And if if it's okay with you guys, I would like to now deviate from the sprint race because I think that's all the time that it's worth. Like, the fact that it even is worth points yep. as well to me seemed pretty stupid, but whatever. Um, yeah, we, we had the race and we knew what the setups were going to be for Red Bull and Mercedes. Mercedes were going to be fucking insanely quick through the straights. Red Bull was going to bring back a lot of fucking pace through the, you know, the kind of long, windy corners. What is it? Through Maggots, Beckett's, and fucking... What's the other Chapel. one? Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I'm just going to come out there and say it right now that 
this was the it was this was the greatest deliberate act that was made to look like it was an accident. They they knew Hamilton knew what he was fucking doing. <laughs> I'm fully on board with this narrative. I'm and then the narrative. bullshit <laughs> rules as well that we go under red flag conditions. So Hamilton's allowed to replace yes. the cracked wing yes. that he has free of charge. Yes. And then on top of that, he doesn't get a stop and go. He doesn't get a drive through. He just gets a time penalty. And he doesn't have a window to serve it, so they don't have to ruin up their race strategy at all. And in the end, it just proved to be absolutely no punishment at all. Oh, yeah. So just real quick for context, in case anyone hasn't seen what happened. I'm sure they all have. But oh, yeah, of course. Was it through Cops? I don't know what turn that yeah, is. Yeah, it's Cops Corner. Cops Corner. What, roughly what, high 200s, low 300 kilometer per hour turn? Mid, mid, high 200s. Yeah, so... Hamilton's fucking moving. On... <laughs> yes, and Verstappen's coming around the outside. Hamilton's sneaking up on the inside, and he kind of and there's contact between Hamilton's front left. Yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton sticks his nose in there, and then oh, I yeah, that, but like probably understeers a bit wide. Max Shaw didn't back out of it, or didn't like intentionally run himself wide. But yeah, Hamilton understeers yeah. into Max instantly. Well, I think it doesn't even it's not even like a deflate Max's tire. I think he just move, removes tire from car. Yeah. And Max goes just launching off across the gravel track yes. into the barriers at well over 200. And... Yeah, and produced a red yeah, flag. Yeah, well, I mean, in- instantly... And the only people who were happy were Mercedes and Netflix. No, I disagree. The British... No. The, oh, and the, British the, people. They, they cheered. The crowd cheered. Mm. Max Verstappen going into the wall at 200 kilometers per hour. So keep it classy, Great Britain. Um, <laughs> like... Uh, that's the thing. I mean, crashes get cheered in motorsport, and crashes, whether you like it or not, crashes can be an entertaining element of motorsport. But just to briefly touch on that, there's a huge difference between when a couple, and typically people are at, there's a massive difference between like a light bit of a tangle where you're like, oh, and normally, where, but normally, like when someone like fucking annihilates a barrier or something, the reaction is normally more of like a, a shock and a silence. Yep. Whereas the British people see Hamilton, you know, Verstappen crash out, and they're smart enough to know, oh, he's fucking out. Hamilton's now, you know, lead or second because of the first they passed him. And so the British people's reaction after seeing Max Verstappen in a potentially career altering crash is, fuck yeah, the boys, he's out. British pride, it's coming home. We're the worst group of people on the planet. <laughs> well, racism aside, um, yeah. It's got nothing to do with their the race. Contact- <laughs> the contact gave Hamilton. Rim wheel damage, yes. And he would have retired were it not for the red flag that was brought about this, by this the crash, which Spence, allowed Spence him to just said it. But like, yeah. I've had this narrative on the podcast before, going even back to like Monza and shit like that last year. It fucking baffles me. I mean, it baffles me you can even change tires under red flag in that. Yep. And it counts as a pit stop. I've been saying this since we started this podcast. Like strolls, but yeah. this is this is the one where it's now I think most perfectly come to fruition. So I'm on I've started to see a few other people being like well, this is kind of weird, isn't it? Like, the fact that after the race, Mercedes were like, oh, yeah, the damage to Hamilton's mm-hmm. car, if, you could, if we couldn't fix it under red flag, we would have had to retire the car. No other category. Literally, in NASCAR, to use that, if you, under red flag, if a driver hops out of his car, having, and he's probably, probably it's NASCAR, so he's had content at some point, comes around and goes, oh, my front fender's a bit dinged in. Let me just uh, give that a little pull back out to that. God, he'll be fucking DQ'd. He's out of the right. You can't fucking touch the car. It's the same with V8 supercars. If it's under red flag, like 
what is the point of having park Fermi conditions where like, you know, that's the thing. Once the setup, the setup, let's think qualifying finishes and we're like, right, you can't touch the setup. But halfway through the race, we have a red flag and it's like, oh, well, just change. Obviously, I know they can't necessarily change like setup things. I'm assuming the wings they put back on and everything have to be calibrated exactly the same way. But like, they're still just like, oh yeah, you fix whatever you want. Well, no, like it's your fault that you have yeah. that damage. Like, you know, if if that, that, that's the thing. If that crash had happened and there was enough runoff there or, you know, or whatever that Max didn't go all the way into the barriers and so he was able to drive out or, yeah, it's the thing. If that, let's say there's an extra, I don't know, 100 metres there or whatever needs to be that Max's car just gets beached in the gravel trap. So it's a yellow flag. Yeah. Hamilton's race is and done. I think... But because it was such We've... a job well done, and sorry, Max is in the wall and the wall needs fixing and everything, it's like, oh, congratulations, Hamilton. You get a free pass, go collect $200 card. You know, get out of jail. Like, fucking dumb. And I think, yeah, with, like... You always want to take safety first. So, like, I understand, like, sometimes needing a red flag in order to fix the barriers, because particularly as well, like, oh. you miss the... I can't remember what they call it, but, like, you miss that, like, that area where there was a little bit more of the padding, and you just hit square into the tyres. But, yeah, if we're going to... And what is it now? Like, how many red flags have we seen, like, last year through to this year? Like, we had one insane. at Silverstone. We had that one at Imola... Oh, not Imola. Portamount? No, yeah, Imola. We had that one at Monza. So, like, obviously, this is going to become a more frequent occurrence. And, yeah, like, my thing is, like, it should be, like... And the thing as well that I don't understand is that, like, if, like, I'm I'm happy and I'm okay for cars to make, like, minor adjustments, but if you're a car that's under investigation, they shouldn't be allowed to touch your car. Like, Hamilton and Verstappen, it was under investigation. And, yeah, like, the thing is, is that... That that red flag saved their race, and no one's like not enough people are talking about it. And like, I don't want to harp on this like the whole time, but like the bullshit bias of all the commentators, like during <laughs> the Sky Sports like oh, telecast. Because like honestly, like if you if you turn it around, if you flip that situation around, Mercedes would have been fucking ropeable, absolutely ropeable. Like, oh yeah, and it is the fact that like. The only thing that I will say, based on, like, looking at Hamilton's cockpit view, is that Verstappen does make a really wide sort of turn. Like, he sort of makes a wide turn towards the end of it. And then, like, if I'm Hamilton and I see that, like, I am kind of thinking that Verstappen is sort of giving me that room to go through. And then Verstappen does come in fucking really hard and fast. But... That like, even in that well, situation, Karun Chandoff explained like, it. Hamilton, he said that Lewis yeah, wasn't yeah, taking yeah. the apex of the corner, which he yeah, wasn't. He, he was wasn't. hanging a tire out there. Now Karun did then go on and say, "Oh, I still think it's a racing incident," which is bad. Uh, that's because he has to keep his, you know, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then mm -hmm. the other part thing is the fact that, like, and that's the thing, like Hamilton later said, like, it was like, oh, or Hamilton came with the radius. The team was like, it was my corner. I was in front. I've got all do the. You, do you understand? Yeah basic spatial awareness at no point in yeah. time because shockingly if hamilton was in front he would have hit max's front tire the mere fact that he hit the rear of max's car i'm no expert but if you'd be in front of someone yeah. you cannot touch their rear at least with a car if you're a person and you can do this crazy thing we can do with our arms where we reach backwards but cars can't fucking reach backwards so if you were hitting yeah. the rear of a car 
you are, and you're not going to believe this, behind them. And as soon as it happened, you had both Horner and Toto instantly on the phone pleading their case. Which was cringy as fuck, but you can understand. It was cringy as fuck. Um, and eventually Hamilton got the 10-second penalty, which didn't really do anything. But the big point that The second lightest was, penalty. Yes. That, that's the thing. Like, I just... Cause, and that's, that's the thing. This is, this is harping back to... And I don't want to... Like, because we've, we've harped out stewards all year. So, to be honest, like, to me, in my mind at least, 10 seconds in terms of... That's probably... Roughly, probably less than a three-place grid penalty, to be perfectly honest. So is Hamilton's thing worse than, like, not as bad as George's? Like, I know, um, I know we've said... and They're very know, similar incidents, actually. I know Spencer, actually. do that thing. Spencer has talked a bit about, on his other podcast, um, Ripping In, the rugby league one, about you can't just, you can't just dish out penalties based off end result some of it's got to be intent and present that but like to a certain extent and some cases i think end result particularly something like motorsport where it's you're so inherently you're giving a penalty because of the fact that the person has been handicapped by you making contact with them like carlos lost four spots or whatever because of the contact with george yeah max verstappen was out of the race and lost his massive championship lead how can you give out Hamilton. a similar level of penalty or a lesser penalty for Hamilton for that? Because yes. the mere fact that they've given Hamilton a penalty means that in the eyes of the stewards, he is at fault. Now, if they deemed yes. it an app, if they said no racing, I'd be more okay if they called it a racing incident and given no penalty. The fact that you found him at fault, how can you find him at fault but only think, oh, well, in that case, it was your fault, but only 10 seconds worth of fault. And the thing is, like referees, stewards, etc., they take into the end, they take the end result into account all the time with their yeah. decision. There's a reason oh, why diving is so prevalent in football. Yes, it's because when you roll around the, the ground screaming in pain, referees will take notice. Yes, Max Verstappen went into that barrier over 200 kilometers per hour. The the stat they kept bringing up was that he went in at 51 g's. So yeah, 51 times the force of gravity. That's a lot of g's. That's a lot of g's. Now, I'm a little little science lesson here. Okay. Uh, they calculate that by taking the mass, the speed, and the time it takes to stop from your velocity. Now, you can imagine going into a fucking barrier at over 200 kilometers per hour and stopping in less than a tenth of a second. Yes. It's got to wobble the head around a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It's got yeah, to do some damage, right? The average person will never experience more than 5 Gs in their life. A typical rugby tackle, you know, you see those big boys running into each other, that's 21 Gs. Yep. Roman Grosjean's crash last year was just 67 Gs. 16 more than what Max just did. Like, that's dangerous stuff. And did you yeah. have you guys heard the comms? Yeah. Um, Max's comms record. I haven't, but I, I know, I know, he, oh, I know, I've read and stuff that he obviously sounds like So they call him up. They're basically just. Winded. Yeah, they're like, shouldn't guessing to the point where he can barely get words out because he's he doesn't got no, speak. no breath in him. Yeah. He can't talk. Yeah. They're asking, are you okay? Are you okay? He's like, he, he's just moaning. Yeah. He can't talk. It's scary mm. shit. Uh, and the highest recorded survivor of a high impact. The highest, sorry, G's recorded in a survivor was Kenny Brack in yep. the Texas Motor Speedway in 2003 yep. at 214 G's, which yep. seems ridiculous. Um, thing, if you if you are curious, definitely a crash worth looking at just to try to wrap your head around the fact that he survived it. Yeah, it's a fucking insane accident. Yeah. Also, um, it's why in IndyCar, it's the reason that Roman Grosjean's not doing the ovals. If you want to know why, yeah, go look at Kenny Brack's accident. And yeah, just all the talk. The thing that pissed me off the most, like I know it's kind of petty and not necessarily the most important thing, but Hamilton's celebrations after he oh, did no, win. Oh no, a hundred percent. 
was what got me the most, to be honest. I, it cheated me off as well, because I saw some people, like, because Max obviously had a tweet and said it, yep. it was a bit, he didn't really like seeing the celebrations that went on stuff. Like he said it was unsportsmanlike. And that's the thing. For starters, okay, so I know Hamilton came out and said that I don't think, he didn't even know Verstappen was in hospital and that. But for starters, Chief, Lewis Hamilton, of all the things that, I know Lewis Hamilton's not fucking dumb. What the <laughs> fuck do you think Max Verstappen is? Yeah. But second of all, the fact of the matter is, you don't know. So you don't know for sure. So do you not logic, or to me, the logical person, when met with an unknown, where one of the options could be a really awful negative, you do this crazy thing where you err on the side of caution because it's to talk about our, from our previous podcast, undercooking and overcooking. <laughs> in this case, it is much better to undercook a celebration uh, than it is to overcook it. Because if you undercook a celebration, everyone can just be like, oh, well, he's just, you know, he's being respectful. He didn't know. You overcook a celebration and everyone's like, well, aren't you a fucking c-? I've never seen anything like he's walking around waving the and flag. He's and doing Cristiano Ronaldo he's a complete diva. I mean, I can understand a little, yeah. It's one of the first races back with fans. It's his first race yeah. back at the home pants and everything. But still, like, I mean, even if the, like, the Verstappen crash hadn't have happened, like, dude, Lewis, I know, like, uh, but, like, you've won 99 fucking Formula One races. You've won seven previous races in front of your, well, sorry, six in front of your home fans, one that didn't have fans at it. Mm. Like, even if this was just not, get the fuck over yourself. You've not done anything in that race that needed, and don't, if it's something, oh, well, you know, I overcame the penalty and everything, and I'm like, fuck up. You've done literally nothing but deserve that level of celebration. And all you've done in this race is take out your championship rival, giving you a massive swing in the championship, and then made yourself look like a fucking twat in the eyes of every person who doesn't have a Union Jack on their passport, and probably some that do have Union Jacks on their passport. So congratulations. This is this is why this era of Formula One has been the hardest to watch. Because as much as Seb was a twat sometimes, at least Seb was a funny twat. Sometimes yeah. Seb would come over the radio with situations where like the team would ask him to get out of the way. And he'd be like, oh, you know, what tyre is Daniel on? And they'd tell him the tyre, and it would be a tyre where it wasn't like Daniel was on the softs or whatever. And he'd just go, oh, a tough luck. And I'd be like, you're a cunt. But it also <laughs> made me laugh, because that, that's, 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 fu- that's actually funny. But, like, oh my God. it's just, yeah, the whole thing is bonkers, and to get 10 seconds. And to then come out and be like, oh, no, nah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't my fault. And well, the, yeah, this is the, and then you had all the back and forth on social media afterwards. Obviously, yeah. They, oh, sorry, sorry. This just quickly. That was the other thing I wanted to say on the celebrations. Yeah. I saw some stuff on social media where people were at, like, obviously Max had said that statement that, and then so so some I saw somebody like tweeted out a picture, obviously that podium and like the um, Bahrain podium from last year, which oh, yeah. Max was on, and yeah. they're showing Max, you know, spraying champagne, and they're like, oh, but it was like, okay, for starters, well, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, there is a difference between the fact that Max had exactly zero involvement in Grosjean's crash mm. and that. And, yeah, they were spraying champagne. But, like, okay, that ha- that's a normal celebration. And even then, it was a way more mooted celebrating a champagne. They were much... They all commented, I believe, in their podium interviews that they were much, much more concerned with romance health than anything in that. Lewis Hamilton didn't just mutedly spray some champagne on Charles and Bowsery. Oh, he fucking had a British flag in his car for an entire lap. What? They got they got word that Grosjean was okay during the race. Well, that, that too. That he was fine. Yeah. Whereas, like, there was no updates from Max. The only as, update as Lewis, they yeah, had. as Lewis said, 
they didn't know. Yeah, all that was was Max was in hospital. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Lewis fucking drove around the entire track with the British flag, then he got out of his car, he fucking jumped the fence and ran waving the, Brit- the British flag and ran up to the fans and everything. In at Bahrain, Max, you know, was somewhat somber in his interview, walked up onto the podium, and then, because he kind of has to, timidly sprayed some champagne on Lewis Hamilton. I think it was Lewis Hamilton who had won the race. Yeah. How the fuck is that the same thing, you twat? And before I do break down all the, like, the comments that people have made, do you have any thoughts on the celebration, Spencer? Did you like watching your uh, your countrymen have a bit of a celebration there? Uh, no, like... Well, you're a c- as well. I just, I don't know, like, when when he was doing the cool-down lap, like, all I could think to myself was, like, how do any of these c- go, like, how can any of these c- go home and look at themselves in the mirror for cheering this fucket? Because, yeah, like, it was, like, and I, going back to the, like, I... I thought that he should have been given a five-place grid penalty, I think. Like, I reckon at the end of the race... Because, like, the the time penalties don't make sense to me. Because, like, 10 seconds for mm-hmm. a Haas versus 10 seconds for a Mercedes is very, very different. Like, that Mercedes was running two seconds quicker than Leclerc on the same tyres. So, I think yeah. it should have been a grid penalty. I think that's probably a bit more fair and a bit more just because... For well, at the very least, I would like a drive-through. Yeah, I was going to say that the grid place makes more sense to me because, like, if it's a close battle at the end and you get a three-place grid penalty, yeah. you fall from like say you're in ninth, you fall down to twelfth or whatever, right? But then, like, a ten-second penalty in a, if you're being held behind a DRS train and you're the second car in that and you've got a, a ten-second penalty, that could be seven spots. Whereas, like, a grid penalty is just simply fair and just where it's not about like trying to find more pace or trying to like once you have that grid penalty there's nothing you can do to get that back right like you will always have like so Hamilton would have finished sixth and then and then we still could have had the British going oh well he still won in my eyes because he still crossed the line first and it's like well yeah but actually no because yeah that 10 and the thing is was that that 10 second penalty like yeah just literally meant nothing meant nothing at all yeah they may as well, like you said, have just done nothing and just said it was an incident. Tip, I, it's a very typical thing. Most, I've never, in terms of like grid penalties, only ever happen after like a qualifying session because you can't put a time penalty on that. But like, surely that's thing. Like, I just, you know, a drive through or something. Because that's the thing. Like, if it's a drive through or if it's a ten second penalty and he has to serve it, like, you know, inside a certain period of time. Because that was that was the, that was the biggest thing as well. Like, the ten seconds could have been fine. If that, but the fact was the matter is, you know, when you don't have, if it was two seconds before a pit stop and like that person, he didn't have to serve it until, you know, when he pitted and then he stays stationary for 10 seconds, an extra 10 seconds. But at that point, as always happens in these races, because he's in such a good car, he just sort of checked out the road. So that, that 10 second penalty, that dropped him behind Bottas and Lando Norris, which meant it dropped him behind Lando Norris. Because <laughs> Bottas, and I can't, I cannot criticize Bottas for this. Bottas was the epitome of the perfect teammate here and just got straight out of Lewis's way. Yep. Let him, let the much faster guy go off out to see if he could win the race, which meant all he did, and he was behind Lando for like, I think half a lap. I don't think he got past him on the hangar straight. I think, actually, I think he got him into cops, didn't he? Couldn't get yes. him past on the hangar straight. Didn't even have to wait till the Wellington straight, the next DRS zone. Got him down the old pitch straight, took him into cops. Bam, he was past Lando. Off he went. 
If you force him to take that 10 second penalty, no, Lando. Okay. Well, he, he moved past oh, and then obviously he passed Leclerc to win the race, but I'm talking about to catch yeah, back yeah, up yeah, to Leclerc, yeah. to get back to the spot he was before the penalty. Yeah. He was behind Leclerc before the penalty. Yeah, he yeah. got back to that spot, and then he was also able to get past Leclerc pretty easily. With, again, for the third time, the same move into Cops. Yes. Um, and it, Leclerc was so fucking terrified of it, he just yeeted himself out yes. and drove off the track. Um, <laughs> But, like, at least if you make him take that 10-second penalty earlier, at least that buries him in the pack. And Because that's the thing. Obviously, maybe he was keeping in check for a bit, and then he really put the gas on. But he still he only beat Leclerc by, like, three and a half seconds, and he only caught him with a couple of laps to go. Mm. So if you if you make him lose even three more seconds by having to come back past four or five cars rather than just Lando, maybe Leclerc hangs on. Again, it's the same thing. Or you give, it, yeah, you give him a drive-through, and he's got to work his way through the whole field. Or, you know, you don't fucking let him fix his car under red because that's the dumbest fucking thing, which makes Formula 1 look like a stupid sport, and he's out of the race, which is a fair result because you have caused contact that's taken someone else out of the case and also done enough damage to your car to take you out of the race, so you should be out of the fucking race. You're like, that's it, in fairness, all what this has done, it's justified all those fucking tweets and stuff. He really is. Lewis Hamilton is hashtag fucking blessed. Because literally just A is, like, he's a literal, he's a protected spe- Lewis Hamilton is cared about more by the powers that be than the fucking Great Barrier Reef, okay? <laughs> if the Great Barrier Reef got the level of protection Lewis Hamilton it does, we'd have some fucking quality coral and a hell of a lot more of it. But Lewis Hamilton gets a lot, lot, lot more protection. And yes, that can be the fucking quote for the plugging this show. Because <laughs> fuck me, like... It's just, especially because, like, you know, and you know, like, social media would have fucking had a field day if these roles were reversed. It would be everyone talking about how fuck Verstappen's just reckless, he's such a hot-headed driver. And I don't, I'm possibly the kind of person who probably that, but, like, I saw something Max Verstappen's one of, I think it's either two or three guys on the grid who do not have a penalty point on their life license. Yeah. Max yeah. is literally the safest driver on the grid. That's you can't right. say that about Hamilton. Not in the past, but yeah, this season, no, yes. I, no, but the, 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 yeah, but that, that's the thing. We can only talk about what's happening right now. Like, yes, yes. And that's, uh, and that's the thing, yeah. And the fact that just everyone, all, you know, the British commentators are like, oh, but I mean, like... Well, most of the British commentators... Oh, racing incident, yeah, racing like, incident. Yeah, no, it's racing incident. I know no one's blaming Max, but, like, yeah. they're still... Well, no, they, they... When you talk about it being a racing incident, you're like, oh, we haven't done that, but, you yeah, oh, well, yeah, Max, Max could have oh, to give him more room and just, you know, let him get past him. Yeah, I'll, I'll get um, to those quotes in a sec, but let me just take you through all the little quotes, the back and forth, because this was this was interesting. I'm keen to hear what you guys think about all the things that were said. Now, you mentioned it earlier, Max Verstappen's Instagram post, he basically just said, like, hey, disappointed with being taken out like this, the penalty did nothing, watching the celebrations while still in hospital, it's disrespectful, it's unsportsmanlike, but we move on. Christian Horner, it's a hollow victory. I hope Lewis is happy with himself. I'm disappointed I a driver. Chuffed, to be honest. I'm, di- I'm disappointed a driver of that caliber would make a move like that. It was a desperate move. Lewis claps back online. Mm. Today is a reminder of the dangers in the sport. Twat. I send my best wishes to Max, who is an Twat. incredible competitor. I'm glad to hear he is okay. Twat. I will always race hard, but always fairly. My Twat. team, <laughs> my team showed grit and perseverance out there. It's a dream to win in front of my home crowd. That tweet was accompanied by three photos of him celebrating at Silverstone in that tweet there. Also, just to quit that, 
Um, if you have, there's that footage of when a similar thing, I think in the same corner, um, Vettel took out Bottas. I remember Hamilton like just standing there with Verstappen or whatever, watching that replay up on the podium, or whatever, and like you know, he's like, he's like, oh, that's not, like that's crazy, man. Like a you know, yeah. like a why would you stick your nose in there? But when Lewis does it, oh well, you know, I just oh, you got it, you know. It's like yeah, obviously, obviously, you know, as the fucking Santa quote about going for any you know any gap you see in that. But like, the part of that is if you don't fucking make it work, you get an actual fucking penalty because yeah. you're fucked up. He keeps going. He does the old... Um, I always try to be measured in how I approach, particularly with batting with Max, battling with Max. He's very aggressive, and then today I was fully alongside him and he didn't leave space. That's what Hamilton said. Mm, that's, Toto, that's how it works. Toto dropped the old... It always takes two to tango. These two are not giving each other an inch. You had people weighing in like Jolly and Palmer, insisting it was a racing incident. You know, saying yes. that, oh, yeah. Julian Palmer, the most qualified person to give an opinion. Lewis on. sticks his nose in, but Max keeps turning in, and that's a huge risk during cops. It's a tough one, a really tough one. Leclerc said it was a racing incident. Alex Albon basically compared the move to when Hamilton took him out in Austria. He said that, yeah, very similar position, maybe slightly different angles. And then Lewis finished it up. Basically, he was asked, you know, if him and Max would, like talk it over before Hungary, and he said, I'm open to it, I don't have any issues, I mean, I don't really know what we'll say, just game on, we'll just keep attacking, there needs to be respect on track, but if not, this will happen more often, I guess, and I tried my hardest just to stay as clean as possible. So how you like Hamilton threatening... throwing that little jab of, oh yeah, this only happened because Max hasn't been respecting me, so yeah. if he doesn't respect, if Max doesn't just fucking, this was literally Lewis Hamilton, basically... <laughs> That was a wordy way of Alex Albon's comments on the radio from last year where they went, they raced me so hard. And Lewis is basically going, oh, if Max doesn't just fucking let me pass him whenever I, I go by one, well, fuck me, I'm just going to sneakily run into him over and over again. Yeah. It's like, I can't handle losing. I have to win. If Max doesn't let me win, I guess I'll just have yeah. to take him out to ensure I still win. And then all the obvious comparisons with, you know, how Mercedes were talking about how Hamilton's just one Verstappen DNF away from... Catching up to him in the title fight, and then this all, happened. All I'm it's... saying is, I remember Spencer said it a few times that, uh, you know, comparison of like Hamilton to Schumacher, and Hamilton's always been a very, a very fair elite driver in that. But, but he's obviously he's no longer satisfied with just breaking all of Schumacher's records. He literally just wants to abody Schumacher now and just physically take out his rivals to ensure victory. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what happens in Hungary, though. Holy shit, it's going to be keen. What I will say, the one side note, maybe it's jumping ahead, or I'll say, the one um, spot that gave me perhaps the tiniest little bit of joy was fucking Sergio Perez, who just had a nightmare of a weekend and wasn't even running the points. Fucking pitting <laughs> with two to go, putting on the soft tires and going, fuck you, I'm taking one point off you. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, that was nice to see at least. I was like, yeah, that's right, you lose that one point. Oh, fuck you. Are you keen to see uh, Lewis Hamilton just essentially threatening Max Verstappen there, Spencer? Are you excited to see what happens in Hungary? I mean... They should have a fight like the YouTubers. They really should. Hamilton fucking... Max would fuck Lewis up. Hamilton better watch out because, like, the, <laughs> the only reason why they had any kind of speed this weekend is because Silverstone is a track that suits that car to a fucking T. And... Like, I, I tip for him to win 
before the weekend. Like, I thought that he was going to, and I was actually rather impressed with the speed that they had. But, like, the ball is still in Red Bull's court because, like, that Mercedes engine, that Mercedes car is nowhere near at the level of, you know, care that it would be in any previous season because they've actually had to push the fucking thing. And the amount of laps that Hamilton's actually led this season, like, he had to push hard just to catch Leclerc. So, yeah, like, it just seems to me that, like, you know, after being all pouty and moany when Red Bull were ripping off these wins, like, for them to automatically come out, like, you know, bashing their fucking chest, saying that they're like, oh, like, you know, they better be careful, you better respect me. Like, that's it. Like, Mercedes, are, Mercedes are terrible losers, even worse winners. I will say, mate, forget about Hungary. The race I'm excited for now... Zanvoort. Zanvoort. Because I don't think Max will do anything in retaliation. I think Max is well and truly growing out of that. But, mate, holy shit. The fucking response... Like, obviously... Because up until, like, that, I'd been finding this weekend with the British fans back really cool. I actually liked through qualifying that. The fact that every time Max, Lewis, or George crossed the line, every time Lewis crossed the line and went fastest... Huge cheer. Every time Max crossed the line and didn't go fastest, huge cheer. When George knocked Alonso out to get into Q3, they fucking lost it. And I was like, this is actually really cool. I've missed fans. And by the end of the weekend, I was like, there really is no... As much as I make jokes about the French and the Russians, there really is no collective group of people that I dislike more than the British public. They really just asked for it. But, um, like, those Dutch fans are passionate. Holy fuck, the reaction Hamilton... I, I honestly imagine that, like, every time Lewis Hamilton does everything, there is just going to be... I, I liked... I honestly wouldn't surprise me if he fucking... When he's walking into the paddock, when, like, he... Whenever he appears in a gap or whatever and the crowds can see him, just booze will ring out. Yes. And that. Hopefully and just hope, booze rather than the racist stuff. We oh, and the then we'll get... I think we do need to get to that in a second. But, like... Yeah, and I agree. Hopefully, it is just that. But like, yeah, and I hope I hope it gets in his head. I hope I hope that his fragile little ego is damaged by the fact that he gets in. He's like, what? Why do Why do all the fans hate me? But I just I love the fans. I always tell them that they're the best. Why are they all booing me? I don't know, man. Maybe because you took out their fucking darling of their public. You know how the British all fucking suck your dick. That is the Dutch with Max. Except we don't get as much... And that's the thing. In 10 years' time, if Max has won a straight championship, we'll probably all fucking hate the Dutch how they're always like, Max is amazing. <laughs> but, like, right now, that's not the case. Yeah. Um, right. You've probably given us the segue there. The last thing to talk about on this was obviously some of the response to the whole incident directed at Hamilton, which as much as I... That's a thing. I've, I've never liked Hamilton, so there are... I fucking hate every single he did through this, but goddamn, has that got exactly nothing to do with the color of his skin? Like, yeah, don't be spammy. Yeah, don't make. He's, a, he's, a, he's a shit bloke, but he'd be a shit bloke if he was yellow. He'd be a shit bloke if he was white. He'd be a shit bloke if he was from the planet fucking Zargon. <laughs> he's just a shit bloke. And that's like to start with. Like, if you're one of those people that actually get on Instagram or social media and like comment on an Instagram post from an an F1 social media team or anything like that, you're a fucking moron and you need to reevaluate in your life. But more to the point, like if yeah, like like you like it does like don't like boo Lewis Hamilton because we're sick of seeing him win and we're sick of him having 
And, like, he always brings up his upbringing, how difficult it was. And, like, I couldn't imagine how hard it would be to be a poor black child being funded by your dad until around 14 where they actually started getting the sponsorships and trying to break into the into the sport. And he has done, a, you know, a really good job. But, like, he's he's lost sight of who he is throughout that because he is just a twat now. Yeah. Like, it's just that simple. Like... He walks around in the fucking paddock every weekend with some new stupid fucking outfit. <laughs> like, you know for a fact that he's self-conscious about the fact that he's about five foot fucking five, I reckon, on a good day. Because he's always wearing shoes that have fucking three-inch platforms <laughs> on the bottom. True. Like, make fun of him for that, that he dresses like a fucking wanker, that he always has his hair done up in a fuckboy way. And that he... Yeah, that he honestly thinks that he is bigger than the sport. Right. Because he's not like nobody. Did you see him walking around during the red flag? The woman behind him with like the air blower to keep him cool, just literally blowing air on this man. Fuck with. And honestly, honestly, at this point in time, he's he's Esteban Ocon. If Esteban Ocon had an ounce of talent in his body and actually won things, Ocon drove well this weekend. They have they have an origin story that should have you wanting to root for them. Mm. But, like, they have just... Yeah, as Spencer said, they've kind of... It feels like, at least... Obviously, we can't say for sure we aren't them. But, like, it feels like you've kind of forgotten those roots and grown way, way too big for your boots. And it's... I, I hate that that rhymed. <laughs> but, you know oh, what I mean? Boss. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, now you just you just look like a... T- and that, as I said, this has always been what has got to me with Hamilton more than everything. And it's not... Like, because Max and that's and it's a diff- it's a different way of coming across as a twat. Like Max has always been like really like like you know hard and like a bit bratish and that, but it's not it's not it's not in as, as in your face. I'm like look at me like I'm a better th- I'm better than you and I know it kind of way. Like Hamilton, like Hamilton, the way the whole air Hamilton holds himself with is I'm just fucking like God's gift to this sport. Whereas Max Verstappen is just a bit of a. C- and it's easy to like someone who's a bit of a cunt than someone who genuinely just seems to think they're the hottest shit on the planet. This is coming from a guy who has criticised Max Verstappen's demeanour many, many oh, times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are times when Max at times makes himself really hard to like. But it's yeah. just, it's nowhere near on that level. It's just, you know. Yeah, so the the at the end of the day, Hamilton's now just eight points behind Max from the drivers and Mercedes are caught up to Red Bull. They're just four points behind the constructors. Obviously, Perez didn't score points, Verstappen didn't score points, and Mercedes got the double podium. Um, unless you guys have more stuff to talk about the crash, we can start moving on. Anything else, fellas? Fellerino? Don't think so. Um, nah, I'm good. I feel nice and venting. Yeah, yeah, as I said, still the thing is, if, if Hamilton sticks around in the sport long enough that he's not winning, all, all I can say is 100%, he won't get this, the Sebastian Vettel second win where we all oh, go from mate. hating him to becoming like the genuine darling of the sport. We'll just be reveling in the fact that he's shit. Did you boys see what Vettel did after the race? Oh, well, can we, to actually, to, to, <laughs> before we talk about the race, to completely change the tone of that, can we talk about that at yes. the next point? Sebastian yes, Vettel continues so to be the biggest baby face on like the plant. What a bloke. He said, I don't know how it exactly came to origin, but I think he obviously was interacting with some fans or whatever and tweeted out or whatever that after the race he'd come and join them to clean up the grandstands and that. Yeah. And then he fucking did. I don't know yep. how long he stayed back there, but he was a well few after hours. well after every other that. And then yeah, there's just all these photos. Little Sebastian Metal, fucking four time world champion. Mega rich man. Yeah. You know what? Just walking around with a bin bag. 
picking up British people's random shit that they left in yeah. the stands. Yeah, how good. And this I, is after a weekend where he was looking really good for points, but then a couple you know, mishaps saw him have a yeah. pretty bad weekend. And yeah, they, and eventually they retired the couple. They swallowed his pride, yeah. yeah. Yeah, picking up a letter left by the 140,000 people who walked through those doors. Apparently, he rode his bicycle back to the track on Monday to assess the situation to see if everything had been picked up properly. Oh, and he's just, he's just a great guy. <laughs> I know. He's just genuinely And alleged, I don't know if this is true, I haven't, you know, vetted my sources, but I trust Lawrence Barreto with my life. Apparently, he, he remained in the UK for a few days afterwards to see how all the collected litter would be re- recycled. Oh, mate. He's just putting in the hard yard. I, that's the thing. I remember <laughs> when I started getting back into everything because of the start of last season, I have, I have a friend who's into F1 and that, and she'd always bang on to me about how, like, Sebastian Vettel was so goddamn attractive. And I was just like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But, like, I said, I do. He's not doing that, but he's just got that, like, wholesome dad. Awesome can, dad. Like he's just he's just made made like great dad vibes. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? I probably would be into that if you know I was a woman or something like if that. If I was a woman like, or something. Like so he's just a, like what's more attractive than a good dude? Sebastian Vettel has wholesome dad vibes. Tell me he doesn't though. No, I hundred percent agree. Like, he's just like he's literally he's literally just become the really top dad of like the entire like sport. Considering he's mentoring like half the fucking grid. He's got like yeah. He's got this collection of now, like, understudy, like, investigators. We've seen Mick and now, like, George and that are looking yeah. at where, like, they do this Sebastian Vettel thing off the race where they're all the cars are parked up and that. They just sort of walk up to someone else's car and just sort of have a look into the car. What's going on in here? Like, yeah, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if I look at Carl's steering wheel for long enough, I can find something to bring back to Gunther and we'll be... <laughs> We'll go from being like the worst, the worst team on the grid, to the worst team on the grid, but like half a percentage point closer to everyone yeah. else. And Kimmy's like the stoic, angry uncle who's probably drunk most of the time, but, but he's just we chilling. actually all just love him. Yeah, yeah. And Hamilton's the guy who rocks up late, you know, crashes yeah. the party. Hamilton, Hamilton's, Hamilton's the cousin that no one, no one, no one talks about actually yeah. being related to. Yeah. But in terms of the race results, yeah, you saw it was. Hamilton wins, Leclerc second, Bottas third. Bottas now has five career podiums at Silverstone without ever winning there. It's his fifth P3 of the year and third podium in a row. So, you know, he's he's turned it around. Even Toto praised his weekend, which I didn't no, think no, was no. possible. Suddenly, in the space of one weekend, Bottas's, like, odds for staying in that seat next year have fucking skyrocketed. I know. Uh, Skyrocketed. Because, again, I guarantee yeah. the last thing Lewis Hamilton, if anything this weekend is proved, is the last thing Lewis Hamilton wants is competition. So, George also can't have that seat. Indeed. Red Bull's first non points finish since Imola last year. And the first time without a podium this season. But I think the real talking point in that podium has to be Charles Leclerc, who was pretty magnificent. Spencer, it is on record that you want to bed Charles Leclerc. How did you find his Do weekend? you not want to bed Charles Leclerc? Um, more, more of a Gasly guy myself. In well, terms of ranking, uh, Gasly's my number one uh, to bed. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> No, I thought. How, how do you find uh, Charles's weekend, mate? I thought the weekend was good. I think Ferrari's weekend overall was pretty fantastic. Um, they had mm. outstanding pace on the mediums. Uh, I think probably the best pace of anybody come race day. Life. On the the yellow stripe, um, and yeah, for for Charles, I think he ran almost the perfect race. I just think that. I don't know if he'll ever admit it, but I think that he just maybe turned off in those crucial laps um, early in Hamilton's, um, sorry, not Hamilton's stint, in his stint on the hard tyres. 
Um, and yeah, whether that was maybe pushing a little bit too early mm. and graining the tyres out, but I think for where Ferrari was last year to where they are this year, I think it's a massive improvement. Yeah. Um, Carlos still has those weekends where he just kind of, you know, disappears a little bit. Um, but I still think that despite the issues oh, he had, um, I just, I just want, like, you can just see that he's still got a little bit of issues, like they all have this year, like guys stepping into the new car. Um, and it'd just be awesome to see Carlos mm-hmm. actually start to um, contend to get a little bit closer to Lando. But I think that Ferrari car, for what I thought they were going to do this season, which was maybe look towards 2022, um, yeah, I think they've really, really sorted out a lot of things. Um, they actually seemed pretty coherent over the radio in terms of like getting their strategy <laughs> and then let's not forget as well yeah. that Charles was dealing with a pretty bad um, engine issue engine or, not engine or like a electronics um, and they managed to weather that storm which I think was just yeah just awesome awesome for them to actually be able to get oh. through that and I mean at the end of the day like they are fighting McLaren and the fact that they what walked away with what would it have been 31 points this weekend um is massive. No idea. And I think they've had, what, they had 148 points this year. They only had 90 points last year, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. Uh, 131, um, sorry. Just, 131. So they've already beaten yeah. that. Oh, actually, I wanted to say, okay, on tire. on Carlos, yeah, tire, tire life on the curb, but on Carlos Sainz, I feel like Spencer has actually undersold Sainz's weekend a little bit. Like, he started the... Feet, like I was going to call it the feature. He started the extra race in I think eleventh or twelfth mm-hmm. and finished sixth, based off the pace he showed in that race. And you got to remember but he does that every week. No, no, no. <laughs> but he he was running like seventh or eighth or whatever oh, yeah. when he tangled with George. He only started in eleventh mm. because mm. of the tangling with George. If he'd started where he'd actually more be based off qualifying and looking like where he was running, he I think he could have been on Lando's case because he closed right up to Daniel and was right on Daniel's tail and he did that from a lot further down the grid. I actually think the weekend that's a thing. If this was a normal weekend, I think we would have seen Carlos I think he qualified ninth or something mm. and he probably would have come home ahead of Ricardo in between Ricardo and Norris. Actually how close he would have been to Norris, I don't know, but I think he's probably coming home P six. And you can't be too too disappointed with that. Well, he did come on P6. No, he came on P... Oh, sorry, he's coming on P5. Six. Sorry, yeah, no, sorry, he's coming on P5. I thought yeah, Ricardo yeah. was 6. He's coming yeah. on P5. Well, Ricardo drove very well He's coming, yeah. He's coming, he's coming. I have, if, a norm, under a normal weekend, I think he finishes ahead of Ricardo. Well, this is the thing, so science has now finished in the top six three times in a row, having started 10th or lower each time. So the thing is, like... He is the I agree reverse with George Russell. Yeah. He's driving very Mr. well. Mr. Sunday. But I want to see a complete weekend from him, just to see how oh, yeah. good he can oh, yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, I think... Although, he, did, again, he didn't qualify outside the top 10 this weekend. No, sure, but I'd, I'd say he could probably get that car higher than ninth. Like, he yeah, should be racing yeah, yeah, George yeah. Russell at any point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I reckon the way, the way they go, George Russell's knocking on the door of a top five. Yeah, yeah. George is going well. And but, he'll, his top five will end in a DNF. Cause mm. that's, honestly, George, what, catch George Russell qualifying on pole before the end of the season and then literally, like, just the car, the car fails overnight. He doesn't even start the race. But yeah, the, Charles Leclerc. to see Leclerc battle through, like you said, those engine stuff where the engine would apparently just cut out for a few seconds here or there, and the engineer telling him like you're a good this 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 and this a bunch of times that was crazy. The fact that 
Prior to that race, Ferrari had only led one lap in the previous 27 Grands Prix is pretty alarming. So awesome for them to get some time out in the front. It's Leclerc's first podium since the British Grand Prix last year, August 2nd, so nearly a year. Mm. And it's the fourth time in a row that Charles has finished top four at Silverstone. So he, he likes Britain himself. But, yeah, can they keep going is the question. Can they keep taking it to McLaren, who have looked good all year? Is this uh, Leclerc just really good at Britain? Or will they take this into Hungary? I don't know. We'll see. That's, yeah, it's hard, hard to say. Hard to say. But I'm definitely keen to see yeah. them and McLaren keep but, uh, going. Toe we, to we touched on it just then, I think. The next point of call would be Daniel Ricciardo. Yes. Um, easily his best weekend in that car so far, I think. Mm-hmm. P5 finish. Where did he qualify? Where did he, he actually qualify? He qualified just one below Nick Lando. So wherever Lando qualified, yeah. one below. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Which is That's his easy. best qualified result in ages. Easily. Yeah. Easily. It's worth noting that Lando's P4 there was good for his ninth top five finish this season, and P5 for Ricardo was his best result for the season. So still a massive discrepancy, but good to see you know Daniel 15 seconds behind Lando rather than 30 seconds behind Lando. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Slash that gap. Indeed, indeed. Although Lando did have the slow pit stop. Yes, well, a lot of people had slow pit stop. I think Carlos had a slow pit stop. Carlos, actually, that's the other thing. Carlos... Carlos was having an even better race, and then he had the slow pit stop. So Lando was possibly ahead of Bottas, or right on Bottas, but that slow pit yeah. stop. Carlos was ahead of Dep- Ricardo. So, do you reckon Ricardo's still on for winning the uh, the world title there? Spencer? Nah, he's fucked. With this turnaround in form. Nah. <laughs> nah, he's fucked. Twenty twenty two, mate. Twenty twenty two. Oh shit. Yeah, there'd have to be a lot of a lot of F one drivers who would have to die before twenty twenty two for that to happen. Let me tell you. Well, but Verstappen and Hamilton might kill each other the way things are going, so... Yeah, no, not, don't say it. You'll end up regretting it. Not to be morbid, but fuck. But, uh, Jesus. And then I think the other thing... Well, Real I quick, as yeah, McLaren's yeah. two cars in the top five at Silverstone, was the first time they've managed that in their home Grand Prix since 2010 with Lewis Hamilton and Jensen Button. Hey! Very nice there for yeah. McLaren. Hey! I actually see you have more notes than other people. I'm going to choose this moment to jump on to the George Russell topic quickly. Oh, we've already... Already talked about what happened to him in the spring race, but obviously, yeah, he qualified eighth. That's his second straight Q3 appearance. Yes. Um, which is insane. Um, obviously, dropped it all. That's it. I think he still finished the race in ninth. Dropped one spot ninth, yeah. and was, yeah, and finished, ended up finishing ninth after the tangle was signed. <laughs> Got the three place grid drop, which finished him, dropped him to 12. Uh, Did lose his typical cutler spots uh, on the start. What do you chat off now? Only George Russell would finish in the top 10 for the first time in his career at the only race where you don't <laughs> you score points. You don't score points. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh my God. And then go back to having his textbook, not the greatest. I dropped the colour spots down to 14th. Then I think brought it home in 12th. And that. And again, and I was commenting to you during the grunt the weekend before I did go to bed. Yeah. And uh, I think at this point, my, my thing is, and obviously that's the thing, this has been four straight weeks now that that Williams has been, like, at least in the hands of George, legitimately competitive. He could have scored, under, under the right circumstances, he could have scored points in any of the last four races. And my analysis of that car, obviously having no expertise at all, <laughs> I'll be interested to say I think the issue with that car is what we're seeing it is I'm thinking of it kind of like the older school Red Bulls, but obviously not at the level where they just qualified out front. It's got, that's the thing, when it's got the clean air, it is... Well, I think, obviously, that's the thing. for whatever reason, as a complete package around an entire track, it can absolutely string together a lap. 
The difficulty it seems to have is it doesn't seem to have enough, you know, top-end pace or whatever or ability to run close to another car that the second someone's in front of George, he can't go forward. It's just, I'll, I'll save you all these words. It's just a shit car. It's just a shit car. That's all it is. Like, George Russell it, is not, an unbelievable not, driver. Like, one lap pace, he's fantastic. He's driving the belts off yeah, of it. Yeah, but it's... It's just a shit car. But it's not... I don't think... I don't think it's shit in the way it was shit last season or whatever, or even the first the start of this season, because we're seeing him... We'd see him qualify 12, you know, and then by the end of it, he'd slide all the way back okay, down. It's, it's a shit race day car. No, 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 that's my point. I'm not saying... I'm not even saying that, because my, my point is, last season and that, and even I think the start of this season... He'd qualify in some spot, like he'd make it into Q two and that. But by the end of the race, he would have slipped back down. And last year, he'd finish ahead of Nicholas. And this season, he'd finish ahead of Latifi and the two horses. But he's not even doing that now. He's able to run wherever he fits, settles into the pack. He can run. Like he's no longer getting once the first couple of laps are done, and he he's, he keeps losing spots off the stuff. That's what he really needs to work on. But once two three laps are done, and he's settled into P twelve, it's not like Yuki Tsunoda and the Alfa Romeos and whoever else is down behind him is just blasting back past him as you'd expect them to because in theory they've got a better car. He just sits in 12. And he sits, you know, a couple of seconds behind the guy in front of him and a, a second or two ahead of the guy behind he him. He was also just, gifted two spots because of Vettel's retirement oh, yes, and yes, Kimi's crash with, with Sergio. Exactly. So he was running 14th yeah. where he was after he dropped the spots at the start. Mm. He doesn't move backwards. He just can't move forward. The car's just not... So that's the thing. I don't think it's a complete shitbox anymore. That's what I mean. If it was, there's no way, there's not even, like, if it was shit, if it was that fucking shit, like, obviously the level of that, that's a thing. The, George wouldn't be getting it to P8 in qualifying okay. if it was that fucking shit. But the issue with the car is it just, it can't, it can't run in traffic and it doesn't have anyone, it just doesn't yeah, have Yeah, well, it's like Spencer said, it's worse on race day. Oh, you yeah, so definitely, definitely, dirty, definitely yeah. worse on race day, but I wouldn't call that a, like, to me, if it's a shit, shit car, he'd be doing what he used to be doing, which is he'd just slide back all those spots. Yeah. But like now he's just yeah he's just doing the thing which means Latifi's all that's a thing because that. that's a thing the the race well Latifi's not got many slots to slide backwards to yes like but I said it's the thing because in theory based off what I've seen and that, and that but like and actually yeah well based off what we saw yeah I think based off what I've seen in that like one of these days if he qualifies PA if he can get to the end of lap two and still be in PA. I'm going to back him to finish 8th or 9th, probably. I'm not expecting him to slip back to 12. I think he can hold hold, hold guard there. And he, he can't call it shit if he's finishing PA. It's just the car can't go forward. So mm. when George loses three spots off the start, which is now it's a thing, he's worked out those consistency kinks and that that you've criticised him for and stuff like Now he needs to work out something that, you know, is that, it's a, he, he's got to figure out how to start. It may well be the more confidence that George has brought into mm. this season. Which uh, I think has led to a bit, you know, some more consistent performances oh, yeah. on race day. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. If you can figure out those starts, I'd still think. Yeah, I think a point just. It's hard up. because obviously you've got, um, in theory, the two Mercedes, the two Red Bulls, the two McLarens, and the two Ferraris should be in the top ten every single week. The AlphaTauris had a bad weekend, but they're pretty, pretty bloody good. Fernando Alonso is pretty much a lock for points right now. The two AlphaTauris, Gasly should be in there every single week too. Yuki Sonoda had some good pace. You think about it, but every, as I said, every single one of these last four weekends, it wasn't that hard to see a scenario where he could have scored points. This is and true. And not ever had to think. But the, the when Red he did get close, oh, no, no, Fernando no. Alonso was the man who took it off him. Yes, Fernan- that, that was, was the one machine. time. But like, I don't even know whether that that's a thing. I don't know whether that was... Well, and that's it, but even that one, he'd already bundled spots. He'd already fucked that shit. Like, again, yeah. I, that's my point. He dropped that one where he got back to P10. 
well, actually, for once in his life, Demir, he'd already dropped, he dropped back to 12th or 13th, having started 8th. Yeah. Like, if he'd stuck, stuck himself, that's the thing. He needs to figure out those first couple of lines. No, I think, And yeah. not just bleed, because he, he's literally doing the reverse Giovinazzi right now. Yes. He hemorrhages spots on the opening lap. The and that car has definitely improved. Maybe maybe that plays day. into Spencer's point. It's obviously for whatever it like it just I mean maybe it is George, but like the fact that it's every single week and that and like he wouldn't have thought he would have unless he was just that much better in the field. Like he won an F two championship and an F three championship. He can't have been doing that if he was getting crap starts every week. Yeah. Like it's gotta be that the car is obviously hard to get off the line. Oh no, because it's not even like he's launches or whatever. Like, for that car just, there's got to be something that that car just isn't good to drive, those first couple of laps. I mean, just people just get runs up and get past him. And yeah. then it settles in, it all normalizes out, and he just runs around and one of the spot he is. Holds mm-hmm. firm, and annoyingly, a one who chases him down last second in Austria. Wait, ready for the segue, mate? This um, has got me good. Yeah, all right, go for your life. The, de- the Williams car has definitely improved. But it's all for naught because they're going to completely change the vehicle next year when they adjust to the 2022 cars. Oh, you had notes on our Aston Martin and Renault. That was just the Vettel stuff. Oh, the only was... Renault thing I well, the only Alpine he thing I had noted was just Fernando Alonso was really good. He really is. Yeah, that's he it. really is. Who would have thought it? Because I feel like we were all a bit like, mm, uh, why is he? Spencer coming... had him at in a top ten finisher. Oh yeah, but Royal I think we were still a little bit like, why has he come back into the category? But yeah. he really has impressed me. It's easy to impress when Ocon's your teammate. Well, well uh, that, that was my comment. I said that to you. We've all we've all half on Daniel Daniel. We've half on Daniel Ricciardo for not getting up to pace in that car, citing Vettel and um, Alonso. But like Vettel and Alonso have Stroll and Ocon as teammates. Stroll was good this weekend. You yeah, but he's not, you gotta, he's not Lando fucking Norris. No, of course, very few people are. You got exactly. Hop off to that's, Stroll. That's, that's, that's my train. point. Yes. That's my point. Ricciardo's yeah. going up against probably the best guy outside of the big couple of teams. Yeah, but you guys were on record last year saying Ricardo's a top five driver in, in the grid. I know, and that but it's much, it's much, hard, it's much harder for a t- no, it probably is, but it's a much harder for a potential top five driver to mm. look really exceeding and that settle into another top five against another top five driver than it is for a top ten driver to look really fucking good against a bottom five driver. Yes, but regardless, but yes, the new car. Let's start let's us off, Spencer, your, mate. I want to hear your thoughts on the aesthetics, the design. The look. I think it looks slick. I like it. Slick and I like schmick. The, I like the front wing on it. I like the little vents on the on the tires. Um, but I mean, really, I couldn't care if it looks like a, a piece of shit hanging on the yeah, wall. I'm, I'm All I need it to do is just racing. to make it offer more competitive, closer racing. And I watched some YouTube video about what it's supposed to offer in terms of the how the air is supposed to go out from the back of it and how it's supposed to increase or oh, sorry decrease the amount of dirty air um, that it shoots behind them so if it does that i don't care what it looks like just just let them race for fuck's sake just let the boys race the front wing is fucking sexy though oh, so, mate it's got that that sweat back it's like real fighter jet to it like yeah. the sweat back front wing which i'm on board with and like i like the fact that the rear wing is no longer like Square or rectangular, isn't mm. it? The two, like the, the little concave, the support pillars, the, 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 aren't the support pillars like, yeah, the support pillars yeah. are angled in. Yeah, I think, I, honestly, like, I, I just like it because it looks so different. I like, don't, one thing I don't like are the little covers on the front two tires. Yeah, they're a little, I don't know, they're, they're a, a bit, bit tacky odd, for me. And I don't know why the color scheme they released it was this weird, like, chrome and that's, red. that's just the typical, like. And then Concept they had, livery type thing. That's just how. And then they had this rainbow shit going on. 
That's just well, that's oh, it's because they race as one, mate. I, I guess so. I'd rather just see them like, like, I don't know. That's because they can't. They can't just. Well, otherwise, they're just mocking it up in like wide. Yeah. They can't put it out in another team's liver in the team's livery. Plus, if Fom if Fom released the concept in Mercedes livery, you'd have the other nine teams like, excuse me, what the fuck? Well, let's give it to Mercedes because they're the reigning constructors championship. Oh, but you that still makes... can't because that's so that's that's a huge extra step of like massive publicity for Mercedes. Yeah, that's just fair. Do, like Fom, well, Fom then... is in theory neutral. So like, I know it's not, yeah. but that's a thing, and that's just but that that's just the kind of thing that's. Like, if you look up lots of concept things, they always have those fucking whack liveries and that. That's just how they do those these things. Fair it's enough. bizarre, but, like... No, it looks nice. That's the thing. The important thing to remember with it is it's not going to fucking look like that colour scheme. Like, it's going to look like the different teams. Yes, yes. And, and I've we've seen... seen yeah. We've seen teams who have mocked up their li current livery on the car. And it they look nice. nice. They do indeed. So, and uh, it's, it's exciting times building to next season yeah, if it does, if it makes the racing more competitive, as I'm, I'm fully with Spencer, like, you could literally have them out there in fucking, you know, rectangles with fucking, like, jet edges that could, like, cut off an arm. But if the racing got better because of it, and without being, you know, horrifically slow or whatever, yeah, if the, if the, thing, if the racing gets better, couldn't give a shit. Well, that's the thing, you know? That, that was the issue with the Switch to V6s. You know, no one would have fucking harped on about the noise if the racing was fucking excellent. But the racing fell off a cliff, and then everyone was like, well, this is boring. And they fucking sound crap, too. Oh, yeah. Give me my fucking V8s back. But, you know, okay. like, it's, it's it's just the quality of racing. You give us a good race, and no one fucking is going to have a sook about it. Well, well, sorry. There will always be people having sooks about things. But you give us a good race, and for the most part, Everything is, you know, for you and we won't, we won't care how they look, what they sound like. Yes. Just want to see some side-by-side -side action. A side-by-side, a bit of, side -side, of uh, a Liam Lawson, the Oscar Piastri. Ah, check out our 2-4 year, our other podcast. It's absolutely banging. Now, are we getting towards the end here? I believe we are getting Do towards the end Do you two fellows have anything else to bring up? Um, at some point, this isn't the right moment for it. But um, bring back my V8. <laughs> I've got uh, two more rounds of Grilly Grid that have happened since we've last had a chance to have all three of us oh, on this yeah. podcast and do the quiz. And seeing as they're actually writing an entire season-long score, I do want to continue quizzing you guys with that so we, we can see how you... That well, that's for a pre that's for the that preview. Is for, that is for a preview episode that we can actually have Spencer here for. Yes. Um, now, so no, I do not have anything else to discuss. I've got one more little fun actually, thing. Did you and I remember? Like, did we, Motherfucker. Well, no, I was going to say, because we didn't, we didn't acknowledge that um, Australia's... Did we acknowledge that Australia's off the calendar? When we lost in a podcast, you and I. Uh, I feel like we so. kind of forgot. I thought we forgot about it. I'm fairly certain we had. Because it was like, did. yeah, well, we expected it to happen anyway. Oh, uh, maybe we did then. I just, I've, I've got no concept of what was going on anymore. So I'll take your word for the it. The calendar's all. Carry on. Up. Carry on. Yeah, just uh, a fun little way to end the show. It's been a fun show, by the way, fellas. Always good to have uh, the ROTG boys chopping it up, having a yarn. When I saw what Hamilton did, I went for a bit of a, went down a bit of a rabbit hole. Uh, worst crashes, worst moments in F1 history. I saw you. I saw you. And it, 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 it found. I found my way to a seven F1 drivers so bad they'll never be forgotten, thanks to what uh, WTF won. Now, obviously Hamilton isn't one of the worst drivers of all time. You wouldn't believe it. But that's that's how rabbit holes work. And I'm just curious to see or to hear like if you guys know these people because obviously you two are the experts. Yeah, the top two are Yuji Ida and Taki Inoue, right? Yes, Yuji Ida and Taki Inoue. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, well I mean, I, I would have 
got Takio. Takio Nui is like iconic status of anime. Shit. He's got a great social media presence as well. Because he just owned it. Definitely. Def- oh, def- yeah, definitely worth a fuck. Fucking yeah. Takio Nui, fucking king. Love him so much. And yeah, UJ Inu is famously bad as well. He dropped by uh, Super Aguri on the advice of the FIA because he was too dangerous. I love some of these. Jean Dennis Delatraz, only three races, first of which he was lapped 10 times. The second, he was lapped after just seven laps and retired after 14 laps with cramp. Cramp. Okie bud. And the last one, he was lapped seven times. He was the man who brought about the 107% rule. I can only assume he's also possibly related to Louis Delatraz. I imagine so. you got Jean-Denis uh, and Louis, but he was a two-time Le Mans winner, so he found success in other categories. Yes. But uh, congratulations to bringing about the qualifying rule for being that bad. I can't say I've heard of him before. Okay, have you heard of Al Peace? Either of you two? Don't think so, no. Al Peace? No. Okay. He drove in 1969. Well, that, that's why. He picked the number 69. Hey. He was 48 years old. And he was disqualified mid-race, I think this was a Canadian Grand Prix, for being too slow. After 22 laps that he completed, he had completed less than half of the leader, Jackie Stewart's laps. That's how fucking slow he was. And they were like, no, How has this bloke got kicked out of the only race he did being <laughs> lapped 22 times, but ranked worse than Delatraz? I don't know I if this is a definitive ranking. I just think it's just seven. Well, because Yuji Ida and Taki and Yui are the top two. Yeah, I like yeah, how they're iconically the two worst. I mean, Delatraz did literally force about the fucking qualifying rule that if you're not True. fast enough, you're out. Like, that's pretty impressive. Number five, we've got Ricardo Rossett. Yep. Have you guys have yep. heard of Ricardo Rossett? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Yeah. Nah. The 14 car pileup in 1998. It's somewhat famous. He's the guy who comes in last at full speed and just yeah, drives yeah, into yeah, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Not a good moment for track, you. Track, do you know what? Track, I'm trying to. Spa. I'm trying to picture his track at his spa. Yeah, spa. yeah. I think it was spa. spa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he just piles on in there because good times. What about the vibes? I yeah. mean, in his defense, yeah, it was pissing down with rain. <laughs> yeah, but in, in, in not his defense, the rest of them had been there for like 15 hours by the time he arrived on the scene. And he was like, ah, fucking. The old NASCAR you don't have mentality. Like, on your helmet, all right? Like, it's not NASCAR where you just keep your foot to the throttle and you just hope that the. He doesn't have flashbacks. Fucking... Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Me after I win by right up to 500 <laughs> flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that meme came from yeah, the last half of celebration yeah. me after I win the yeah, yeah. three <laughs> and flashbacks. Pretty much. Uh, Pretty number much. six, David Walker. This man did not score a single point when his teammate, Emerson Fittipaldi, won the championship. Bit of a gap there. Yeah, that's going to be George and Nicholas next season for Williams. <laughs> Absolutely. And finally, um, Claudio Langes or Langes. <laughs> In the pre-qualifying era, do you guys know about the pre-qualifying era? Oh, I mean, I know. I'm sure it existed. But they had too many teams, so they had, like, a pre-qualifying... To oh, get into that? What do you mean by pre-qualifying? I think you meant, yeah. like, before qualifying. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. So, Langes, 14 races, he never got into the main race. <laughs> Not once. Which is a record for amount of race attempts without actually racing. Nice. And that's the seven... Worst drivers apparently in F1 history. And now joined by Lewis Hamilton, seven time world champion. Yes. But you know, just context, you know, Mazepin's not that bad. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just a terrible, he's, he's an infinitely more awful human being than any of us. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. And that's the issue with it. As I said before, I, as you that's the thing. 
I was campaigning for him to be in Formula One this yes, season until the second half of the year when I started to just find out all these things about how shit of a bloke he is. And I was like, maybe I don't want him in Formula One. Yeah, very true. But um, unless unless either of you have anything more to say, Spencer? I mean, just that we've got a fucking title fight on our hands now. Fuck it, oh. We really do. Yeah. I would have thought I, after me hopping on about the fact that it was just I didn't know about Red Bull finishing races. I didn't I didn't think that was gonna be because Mercedes would tactically take them out of the races, but <laughs> this was my point. Mercedes will finish all of the races. Red Bull won't. That's gonna be the Sappens issue. And also Hungary is Lewis's playground, so Yes. And that's next up I do believe. Yes it is. Except for that year it was Daniel's playground and what mm. a moment that was. Maybe it'll be Daniel's playground. No, I'm gonna tip yeah. Daniel Ricardo to win, I reckon. Wow. Predicting the prediction. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. It's got fucking layers. <laughs> well, if that is the case, uh, Jashan, where can they find us? Mate, all the socials, all the freaking platforms, Spotify, please do that because it's where it 